How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensey. Tim, how you doing, sir? Good, and as I said last week, it's melting. I am. What's the temperature now in Calgary? Uh, like five whole degrees. Oh, Jesus, bud. You better break out them sandals, homie. Well, I got some new shoes, so that's halfway to it. That's great to hear, man. So, I just want to say off the top, first of all, thank you for joining us here in the Third Line Plug Sensecast, because this is a special edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. So, for those who don't know, we here at the Third Line Plug Sensecast are going to try something here tonight that has never been attempted in the history of this show. We are actually going to have a guest join us here on the show for an exclusive interview. So, if you've been listening to the show... For sure. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you may have heard Tim and Tim or myself reference a friend of the show, a bot of the pod, if you will, by the name of Adam. Well, we are proud to say we have Adam on the line with us this evening. He is the host of the upcoming podcast, Three Ghosts, No Wait For, and I am proud to say he is our ghost here on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from Willen, Ontario, Canada, the only city in Canada where the town motto is, you either love it or go to St. Catharines, our bud, Adam Young. Adam. <laughs> How's it going, Dad? Yeah, Welcome to Third Line Plug. I think you nailed it on that one. <laughs> I didn't even know where Welland was until we brought you on the show. Yeah, I could see that. How's it going, bud? Good. How are you guys doing this evening? Not too bad, man. Not too bad, you know? Um, obviously, we're happy, super happy to have you here on the show this evening. And later on, we're going to actually record this week's Third Line Plug Sensecast episode. So, you know, got to get two birds stoned at once, boys. Absolutely. Honestly, same season. <laughs> so, Adam, man, I got to say right off the top, first of all, congratulations on moving into your new place. How has the transition been for you and the Fam Jam, and have you officially settled in? Yeah, we're pretty much at the point now. Um, the biggest thing was um, no move ever goes perfectly to plan. Um, you know, you get the rental truck, it's an hour late. You know, there's always a little hiccup here and a hiccup there. But the biggest thing is with um, my wife, she's always very focused on uh, getting things done. When when she grew up, she was born in Toronto. She moved up to Sudbury. Uh, she moved back down here to a place called Fisherville, which is near Cayuga. I'm sure everybody knows where those two cities are. <laughs> uh, then she moved uh, here to Welland. Then she moved back up to Sudbury. Then she moved to St. Catharines. Then we got married. So she's been all over the place. She she's she knows what she's doing with the moving. So that that's key is is if you have someone that knows what they're doing, and can kind of coordinate everything, then you're you're golden. Oh, for sure, man. Especially for somebody who's moved so many times, like your wife has. Yes. Now I know she's nothing compared to Mister Jensey over here, who's had to do it over provinces. <laughs> I can only imagine how bad several that of is. them too. It gets a lot. It gets easier every time, and I found each time that I kind yeah, you, you learn something new every time. Tim, how many times have you moved anyway? Uh, I want to say about seven or eight. 
Wow. Yeah, like my dad was Navy, so the weirdest yeah. one was I used to live in the UK. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah you learn some shit from British movers, by the way. <laughs> oh, like you know how here it's like, oh, let's put all those things into a nice little wee box. You get your, you get like your towels in a box and your clothes in a box. It's British, like ah, oh, fuck that. Oh, look at this nice bookshelf. We can take all your teacups. We can wrap that up in your towels. Put some stuffed animals in it. Tape it all together. Into the truck it goes. That's funny, man. That sounds like if I was to move, I'm just like, ah, just yeah. throw everything in a box. It'll be fine. Bubble wrap. But, but, yeah, we might actually want to wrap that. It works. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. I gotta say, Adam, is that your little one running around in the back there? Yeah, he joined mommy down here for a second. He's uh, decided he's gonna get the uh, popcorn popper out, so we got that going. I think he'll have to go upstairs right now, hey, buddy? Hi, Emmett. <laughs> well, that's another first. Our first uh, little guy on the Sens third line plug Sens cast. <laughs> yeah, there you go, bud. Soon enough. <laughs> you know, funny. You know, Adam, it's funny, man. We've been talking to you online for a bit now, and I never thought to ask, how did you discover our show, anyway? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, I think we, we all owe uh, our bods, Neil and Dave, a huge shout out. Um, obviously, with you guys, um, it was kind of part of the reasoning how you guys got into podcasting. And at the end of the day, that was kind of the big thing for me as well is, um, you know, there, there's a small group of us that listen to the Maple Syrup Shots. And, you know, they did a great job. I learned a lot more about the province of Saskatchewan. It's a place I've in Canada I've never been before. And, uh you know, they're, they're both great guys and, you know, their time came. It's a lot of work to put together a podcast, especially with those guys. They put one out every week for 124 weeks. Like that's insane. So, you know, at some point, you know, they pretty much accomplished everything they wanted to do. Uh, they gave a voice to people that otherwise we wouldn't uh, have, have heard. And at the end of the day, like that, that's kind of what, what brought us all together is, well, <laughs> that's what brought us all together is, um, you know, I, I got into you guys, I got into a few other different podcasts and even though, again, I will touch on more of this a little later, I'm not a huge Ottawa Senators fan. It, it's still, you know, it's, it's hockey. I love hockey. And, you know, you guys are talking about topics that go beyond all the Ottawa Senators and really that that's what got me into the third line plug sense cast. Oh, that's great to hear, man. You know what's funny? I remember, I do recall a conversation we had online one time, and you, you mentioned you used to be a fan of both the Sens and the Leafs. Now, yes, I mean, I cannot wrap my head around this because, and Tim will obviously remember this, like he and I went to school with a kid who cheered for both, for both the Calgary Flames and Vancouver Canucks. And I remember yes. our homeroom teacher said, well, you, you can't cheer for both. You can't just cheer for the Canucks and the Flames. So I got to ask, Matt, like, how does one cheer for arch rivals? And not only that, provincial arch rivals. Well, <laughs> it was kind of simple. The uh, the Leafs always had the Sens number in the playoffs. It is what it is. Yeah, um, I definitely remember that. You know, the last few years, like, if the Sens had gone up against the Leafs last year, for instance, um, we'd have a different conversation. I think the way that last year's Sens squad and last year's Leaf squad were, I, I think it would have been, the Sens would have beaten them in five or six for sure. But I think we got to go back in time a little bit. So when, when the Sens started becoming, you know, the Jacques Martin team of the late nineties, uh, you saw the typical uh, 
playoff setup was the Sens would go against the Leafs, Leafs would go against the Sabres, Sens would go against the Sabres, the Devils were in there, the Both Sabres were in players. there. At the end of the day, back in those days, I couldn't stand Buffalo, <laughs> which is funny because from my house to uh, Buffalo, it's about 40, 45 minutes depending on uh, what's going on at the border. Right. So t- t- technically, they are my local team. But, again, I, I didn't like them at all. They were very in-your-face. They were very much just like the Buffalo Bills of, of hockey. And I didn't like them. I didn't like the Flyers. But the Sens always seemed to beat both of these teams. And they always, they had New Jersey a lot of the time, too. So I kind of got to accept, okay, well, you know, you got Daniel Alfredson. And then, of course, Heatley came up. Uh, to begin, you had Damian Rhodes in net. And I still think the Sens got a steal on him. You know, it was what it was. The Leafs thought, okay, we have pot van. We're good. But then he went down. He was garbage. So really it just came down to, I'm okay with the Ottawa senators. They're not a threat to anything. And it would be nice to see a Canadian team win the Stanley cup. Unless it's Toronto or Montreal. Well, yeah, (laughs) that just, come on. That just goes without saying. So, Adam, yeah, how guess, do you think uh, Sorry, go ahead, Tim. Before we switch on to, an, like, I guess uh, another question about you switching allegiances, uh, have you been following what's been going on uh, around Ottawa in the last few weeks or so? Absolutely. Um, one of our good family friends, um, he's going to school at Carleton right now. And uh, it's been a very interesting time. I Actually, in fact, before we started recording, I was taking a look at what Twitter was saying about um, a lot of the things that happened today. I know you guys are going to talk about this a little bit more uh, in depth, but uh, it's amazing how um, quickly um, the fans were able to get going on a common goal to try and and bring awareness that the owner is doing not so good things to the franchise and and it's, it's endangering its future. Um, when you think about it, when, when Rod Bryden owned the team, you know, he definitely ran it into the ground and, you know, then it went into um, the NHL took over and you look at what happened from there. Like Melnick did buy them and got them back into some sort of semblance of order. But now like you definitely look at his past and it's definitely impacting the team's future. And that's really scary. Like that's why, this whole fire Melnick campaign is really like, I'm for it. It, It's great that there's a group of fans from a a smaller market team that have said enough's enough. Like this guy's got to go. We know that there's people that would want to own this team. There is a future in Ottawa when the LeBreton flats gets going. So why, why would we continue to deal with this guy who's giving us, you know, garbage, you know, he, he's he's making it all about himself. It just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, good on the people in Ottawa. I, I, I give them a huge uh, tip of my hat, that's for sure. For sure. And you know what? It reminds me a lot of the New York Islander fans of the mid-1990s with the Save, Our, Save the Islanders coalition. Yes. Yeah, because did you see that 30 for 30 doc that, oh, what was the guy's name? He played E on Entourage, did about... The John Spano, the guy who supposedly owned the Islanders in the late 90s? Yeah, actually, I had a conversation with one of my coworkers. He's a Bruins fan, 
And I was telling him I was going to be on the Third Line Plug Sensecast podcast. And there, he's just like, and I, <laughs> and I, I told him that uh, it, it's it's amazing how in, in the today's, well, it wasn't today, but back in those days, like they just wanted the guy's money because that was a team that in the 80s won four consecutive Stanley Cups. And it's still something I don't think it's going to be, ever be matched again, like winning them in a consecutive role like that. Um, and, and, you know, the, the owner just got to the point where he was getting old and, and he just wasn't putting the time and resources into the team. And you look at kind of the same similar thing, obviously not the Stanley Cups, but if you look into what's happening now in Ottawa, there's a very much a mirror image of those New York Islanders and, it was kind of funny you talk about what's happening as well in Carolina right now with the new owner. Um, and again, that's another thing that I'm sure you guys are going to talk about a little later, but um, it, it's scary there. Like I'm really questioning if the guy has any money because if you, if you want to take a general motor, general motors, general manager uh, title away from arguably the franchise's best player. And then you want to get a new general manager in the region. You want to pay him like, something's going to give like you're not going to have anything really like you're you're taking assets money out of your team and really carolina's a market that's on the bubble and they really can't jerk around no for sure but you know what carolina is carolina's an odd place to put hockey because you definitely have the carolina panthers who made the super bowl a few years ago um I don't know, but the Charlotte Hornets uh, uh, was the university. University of Charlotte or whatever, or University of Carolina. UNC. Like you, sorry, Tim? UNC. UNC, thank you. So you have all of these college sports plus football and other sports, and when your team is losing all the time, because I think Carolina, they haven't made the playoffs in eight, nine years. Yeah, and the funny thing with that, so my, my dad... Um, one of the major employers here in Welland used to be uh, John Deere. Unfortunately, uh, due to many economic reasons, uh, they shut the plant down and some of the jobs went to the States, some went to Mexico. But uh, when my dad uh, was employed here in Welland, um, him and one of his co-workers uh, went to a, a, uh, a meeting in, in Raleigh, which is where the, the hurricanes play. And my dad was able to walk up on a Leafs game and was able to spend $25 a ticket, sat five rows from center ice, and my dad and his, his co-worker couldn't believe it. Like, you, you can't even do that in Ottawa against the Leafs. You can't do that in Buffalo. You can't do that anywhere, but, well, Florida. But, uh, again, like, it's, you know, you got to look at what uh, what kind of sports are going on in your market. Um, they're, they're just not a strong market there, unfortunately. And, and you know, th there's hopes that an, that new owner will do something, but I don't see it coming. Yeah, and it's a real shame because Carolina has a Stanley Cup there, so you would have thought at least the people who were there during the Cup run would have stuck around. But, however, that was back in 2006, and bandwagon fans generally don't stay with a team unless they're winning. Yeah, and it's funny. Again, we can talk on a whole bunch of different franchises. The cold facts are, unfortunately, when you lose, that puts your team in turmoil. Um, again, what we're seeing in Ottawa this year, from what I've seen in the past, really is something unique because this is a Canadian market. 
Um, and really, like, they were a goal away from the Stanley Cup finals last year. You know, I was cheering for them. I, I like the Penguins. Um, you know, I, I saw Sidney Crosby back in 2007 when I went to visit my aunt in Arizona. And I thought he was, you know, as Don Cherry called him, a hot dog. But I watched him, and he was double, triple teamed the entire night. For the, the fact that he's been able to keep going like this, and for the fact that the Ottawa Senators came within a goal of the Stanley Cup Finals, like that, that's insane. But unfortunately, what we're hitting now is, you know, you get a couple injuries. And, of course, we had Carl. The Carlson was out for quite a bit of the year. Um, you know, and even when he was playing, he wasn't playing to his best. But it's a hard thing, you know, when you're that style of player, you want to get back to it. You've won two Norrises already. It's just, it's a hard one to get back from it. And, uh, boy, like, it, it's... You see now, like, obviously they're playing for next year, and I know a lot of the games that they've played this this week, they've done relatively good, and there's glimmers of hope. But again, you just go back to that ownership, and you're wondering, how is he going to screw it up this time? No, oh, for sure, man. So I just kind of – I do got to ask, though, because you, we were talking about the Leafs earlier. Uh, mm. I do believe up until a few months ago you were – mostly cheering for the Leafs. Now, I understand <laughs> that you have decided to switch teams and become a Winnipeg Jets fan. So yes. what inspired the switch, and what kind of process did you go through in choosing your new team? Okay, that, that's a fair question. A lot of people have been asking me that lately because um, growing up, um, I, I definitely was, was more a Leaf fan. Um, again, when I was a kid, the Leafs played in the Western Conference, and a lot of people kind of were wondering why was that. The biggest reason I, I believe that I've heard is because uh, when the league announced they were going to do away with the the uh, Cam- the Campbell and the, the Prince of Wales, whatever, the Wales Conference and the Campbell Conference, yeah, uh, they were going to go east and west and they were going to have this set up. So the Leafs um, went to the Western Conference and they went with the Detroit Red Wings. So that was fine. I was able to cheer for the Leafs, and it was weird. They had a lot of unique rivalries. Like, I still can't stand Detroit. But at that time, Ottawa came into the uh, the league, and again, I looked at this team, and I'm like, well, they play in the East. The Leafs play in the West. Okay. So again, another way that I can get behind it. So we went, you know, through the years and whatever, and, and the hardest part was after the lockout when the Leafs really – just started sucking and it's because they brought in the salary cap and the Leafs didn't put any money into, um, into drafting players. And it, it showed because they, they couldn't draft anybody. Um, you know, for years they, they had said, okay, here's Matt Stajan, ladies and gentlemen, you know, he's going to be our number one center. And that didn't happen. Um, and then you, you got into the Burke years where they started saying, okay, well, we're going to trade away future assets and we're going to bring in Phil Kessel. Well, he had, he's not the star and we're going to bring in Dion Fanu from Calgary. Well, he's also not a number one star and he was already showing signs of deterioration. So we got through those years and I still said, okay, well, I'm going to continue to cheer for this team, but you know, we'll see for how long. So we get to the point now where, Finally, they're in the playoffs. They're doing really well. And along comes the uh, Toronto Argonauts. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs bought the Argos. Oh, that's right, because you, uh, you're you a Hamilton Tiger Cats fan, aren't you? 
So I said, okay, I think that's it. I'm out. <laughs> really? That's what finally did you in was yeah, MLSC via the, the Argos? Wow. You're not going to give money to the people who own the Argos. Screw that. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's like if Eugene Melnick decided to buy the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, yeah, that that's a good uh, point. Oh, man. So for me, what uh, what led me to go for the Jets was, uh, if you remember when the, so the Thrashers were sputtering. And it was really weird because um, I used to work at one of the hotels in Niagara Falls, and I'd meet all sorts of travelers from all over the place. And one time, this would have been back in 2007, um, I met this gentleman. He was wearing a Thrasher's shirt. And I'm like, that's really bizarre. I've never seen anyone literally ever wear a Thrasher's shirt. So I'm going to talk to this guy. Well, anyways, he told me about what he was all about. He says, I'm a huge hockey fan. Um, I have season tickets to the Thrasher's. And, you know, we, we, they get 13000 a game. This was, I, I think that was the year they made the playoffs. I can't remember. But anyways, I, I got to talking to the guy. And he said, I, I want my family to experience where hockey comes from. So his thing was, we're going to go to Toronto. We're going to take in a Leaf game. We're going to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. We're going to drive south. We're going to go to Niagara Falls. And we're going to go home. So he told me his experience was he thought he could go to a scalper and get a Leaf ticket. Cool, buddy. Yeah, he said, I dropped $250 and not everybody in the family went to the game. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and then he said, okay, well, we're going to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, this should be pretty cheap, you know, 10 bucks a head. Nope. Nope. Oh, God, how, how much did they end up paying for that? Oh, for the whole family, it was over 75 bucks, easy. Oh, wow. I think there was like five of them. Jeez, oh, great. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. And then the program's extra. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny, Adam, because Tim and I were talking a few months ago, and we're saying, you know, because we were just sort of looking to the Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony, see how much those tickets would cost, and they were like four, or oh, 500 oh, bucks a piece. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at them like... Man, like, I just dropped, you know, insert amount of money here to go watch the Sens in Ontario. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have that much money to fly out to Toronto to watch Alfie go into the Hall of Fame for 2018. Yeah, that that's the tough one. And it's a black suit and tie affair, too. Oh, for sure. You're not going to uh, the Dollarama to get a t-shirt tuxedo. Oh, that sucks. I know. <laughs> I would have been in the crowd chanting Alfie, Alfie. <laughs> two people would be like, get him out of here. <laughs> Those polite people poo-poo Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> so getting off the topic of hockey for a bit, Adam, uh, talk yes. to us about your upcoming show, Three Ghosts, No Wait Four. Now, at the time of this recording, very few details are actually known about the show, and you really haven't given any info on what type of show it's going to be. Yeah, um... Well, the biggest thing was, I, I and again, I'm not using, I, I thought because I, I was coming on the podcast tonight, um, I thought that I'd, I'd make a nice little clip. So what you're going to hear uh, from the intro is is basically what I, I'm envisioning is we're going to do some little sketches like that. Um, we're also going to have a lot of stuff that's going on in Niagara. And it's funny, my, I, I've already kind of mapped out the first episode, and the first episode has absolutely nothing to do with Niagara. Okay. 
Yeah, actually, uh, Tim, you're going to be intrigued about this one. So oh. um, my <laughs> my uh, sister-in-law lives uh, 45 minutes south of you guys in Calgary. She lives in High River. Okay. And she's lived a in int- very interesting life. But more importantly, like we vis- went out and visited the year after the, the big flood. And we really wanted to get kind of a glimpse as to what was going on with that. Now, again, this doesn't sound like a very humorous situation as well, um, but we're also going to tie in something else. I'm trying to get a hold of some of the folks that are in High River trying to get the Kraft Hockeyville. Because it's a really good feel-good story. I think that for a a community that's been through as much as they've been, um, I think it's really nice that they're trying to get this. And they've already gotten to the top four. Like, that's huge. Really? So, yeah, you know, good on them. Oh, right well, on, High man. River's a really interesting case because, uh, so part of my job uh, with uh, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation is uh, I go out to a lot of small, well, medium-sized communities and then do uh, housing forecasts and really try to understand the market to communicate that to outs- people inside and outside the community. And uh, so one of my markets is Fort McMurray. Mm-hmm. So obviously in 2016, that burned down and... Uh, <laughs> One of my reports was really used to kind of really guide the community, like temper expectations at a provincial and ne- national level of what, as what was going to happen. And yeah, I used High River as an example. And uh, so I got invited to this panel, like this panel discussion uh, at a real like one of the big real estate conferences. And uh, I was actually on the panel with uh, Mayor Snowgrass of uh, High River. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. And yeah, actually a very nice guy. And basically, what they did is they, the flood was really a gut check moment for them. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, are we going to keep doing what we're doing? Or can we take High River and turn it into something more? Mm-hmm. And that's really what they did with it. So like they, they changed, they turned Main Street into this open boulevard with more spaces for shops and cafes and stuff. And they really tried to make downtown High River a thing. Yeah. Um, the really neat thing for, for my wife is uh, she likes uh, watching, um, oh, what's that CBC show? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Who's that? Little Mosque on the Prairie? No. <laughs> no. Oh, it's she the one with the horses. Oh, um, oh, Heartland. Heartland, yeah. So the, the big thing for her was when we went out to, to visit her, um, Maggie's Cafe, that's downtown uh, High River. So we went down there and even a year after the flood, like there was still major parts of the city that were completely shut off. And it, it's just amazing. Like we saw f- like literally a fraction of what they were dealing with. And we saw where my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were living at the time. And I asked them, okay, so on this house, where did the water level rise to? And it was over her head. Like it was insane. Wow. Yeah. Well, like and they in look- Calgary, there was buildings getting flooded on the, like on the bow, and most of the building is like, literally five, ten meters, maybe more away from the water. Yeah, like it was insane how much it rose. Yeah, uh, we went to visit uh, the Calgary Tower because that's what you got to do when you're a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went in there and we asked the souvenir guy, um, okay, so where did the waters go? And he said, well. We had a whole bunch of sandbags around the uh, tower. He said the water was literally around the tower. 
Crazy. So that's insane. Man, I can't even imagine water being that high. And I remember when Tim and I were in high school, I think, Tim, I think you were in 12th grade. I was in 11th grade, and we had that flood by the high school. Yeah. And basically, I ended up helping. Yeah, I remember having, helping coordinate uh, some of the sandbagging. Wow. And even that, even that was only like a two-meter high flood. So that was nothing compared to what happened to Calgary. And like Duncan, like large parts of Duncan were inaccessible because the water raised just two meters. Yeah, wow. it was absolutely insane. And I remember because my mom works for the municipality and she was telling me that people were working around the clock trying to get the flooding to go down. Yeah, I can imagine. That, that's insane. Um, we're, we're very fortunate here where we live in, in Niagara. So geographically welland is uh, pretty close to the center of the region um the biggest thing that we have going for us in terms of flooding is uh, we have the canal that runs right from lake erie to lake ontario uh so there's a lot of things they can do to help mitigate uh flood increases um back just before we moved we had a major melt all of our snow that we had we just had this it was almost like a chinook but it wasn't because it's Ontario, not Alberta. <laughs> um, basically, everything we had melted, and then we had rain. Um, if you look at the city of Brantf- uh, Brantford, there's Brantford and Brampton. Brantford is the one that's near uh, on the Grand River. Um, basically, again, as uh, as Tim would, would be able to attest to, um, one of the biggest things that we have to deal with um, when you look at new communities is who's building on these floodplains. Well, in Brantford, they're getting a lot of overflow from the city of Hamilton because prices are going up there as well. So people are, are buying in areas you really shouldn't be building. And a lot of people got flooded out during that time. And it, it was insane. There was about, I think they said 500 homes. Uh, people got completely displaced and Really, anywhere along the Grand River, it's just, it's a, well, it's called the Grand River. It's, you know, it's like the High River. Yeah. It's kind of in the name. So you, you look at a lot of these these situations and you think, okay, well, can this happen here? It, it, it didn't happen here because we have a lot of good, um, we have the canal that will save us to a point. But again, it's amazing to see uh, with city planning that you got to look into that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess just one last point there. Uh, once you build on the flood, like uh, where you really shouldn't be building on the floodplains, that really reduces the resiliency of the land because the ground can't absorb it anymore. So the water's just going to go further, and uh, that's part of the problem in high was part of the problem in High River and parts of Fort McMurray because after the Fort McMurray fire, there was a flood. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and it was insane too. Like my my sister in law, even after we left, she said, "So you know all that that new subdivision near near the river?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Yeah, they had to buy all those houses and move people away from there." I said, "Wow, like, <laughs> yeah, that's just insane." Yeah, I can't even imagine, man, with all the flooding and fires happening out there. Hmm. You know, Adam, man, we could talk to you all night, but. Before I let you go for the evening, yes, I was wondering if you could play a little game I'd like to call Rapid Fire. Oh, no. <laughs> so, 
Tim obviously doesn't know this game. This is a game that Jay and Dan on the Jay and Dan US podcast started with their guests, and I would be more than happy to play Rapid Fire with Adam. I'll be honest. When I heard that the, that Rapid Fire was coming, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew you would be in. So to start off, Rapid Fire, uh, best drinking establishment in Wellen. Oh, 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 Gadfields. It's got the coldest beer in Wellen. What is one thing about Wellen you would recommend to see or do to somebody visiting? Hmm. Um. I'm going to go with Merritt Island. Uh, it's got beautiful walking trails, beautiful running trails. Uh, it's got both the Welland River and the Welland Canal side by side. I'd say go with that. Awesome. Much dance or big shiny tunes? Oh, okay. Big shiny tunes, asterisk, uh, dance mix 95 with the Macarena on it. I hate to admit it. Okay. <sighs> Got to ask though, what is your favorite big shiny tunes copulation? Two. Solid one, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some advice you would give to Tim on why he should become a fan of an expansion team in Halifax for the CFL? Oh. Well, I, you get to have... <laughs> there's going to be a name the team contest. So if Tim wants to name it whatever he wants to name it, maybe they'll pick his name. I'm pretty sure they're not going to co- pick the Halifax EI recipients. Or the Halifax Explosions. <laughs> the Halifax Alexander Keiths. <laughs> yeah, that's not coming out of my mouth. Would come out of mine. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Taggart Would you or... drink Moosehead? Don't even go there with the Moosehead, buddy. <laughs> Taggart or Torrance? Or the Krakenu. <laughs> um, oh, Taggart or Torrance. That's a tough one. I... I'm going to go with Mr. Taggart. Um, the way that I kind of got behind uh, Taggart and Torrens, like I, I love Torrens from everything he's done pretty much, but uh, with Taggart, um, you didn't know much about him until all of a sudden he started speaking, and, and he is one funny guy, and the stories that he comes up with from the road. Oh, my God. Oh. And he's a super nice guy, too, if you meet him in person. Yeah, like, yeah there was an event quite a few years ago. Uh, that he did in Toronto and he was there with a whole bunch of people and, and there was a <laughs> two porn actors okay <laughs> a stand-up comedian three radio DJs and Taggart Taggart was the one that shone out of all of them which is amazing what year would this have been 2012 it was the year I got married Ooh, okay so so it's obviously not like the late 90s, early 2000s when Our Lady Peace was huge on much music. No, it's definitely, and again, I, I hate to use it, but they, they were definitely kind of in their decline. Yeah, true enough. Um, yeah. Before I go into my next one, can I just tell you a quick story? I don't think I've ever told it here. A few years ago, I actually went to see Matthew Good live. And <laughs> after the show, I went up to Matt Nass for an autograph, and he hardly even recognized me, hardly even noticed me. He just looked at me and went, no, and walked away. I went back to my dad. I'm like, what a fucking prick this guy is, eh? Jesus <laughs> Christ. And so a few years later, when I went to see Taggart Torns in Victoria, I was sitting just outside of Bull and Bucks with this one guy I met. And I go, oh, look, there's Taggart Torns. So we got up to walk to, and Taggart walks up to me. And he goes, hey, bud, how are you? And I was like, holy crap, it's Jeremy Taggart. And he's not a dick. 
Oh, he was such a cool dude. Well, as a sidebar, and again, we're really getting off topic, but does it not blow your mind right now that Matt Good is touring with Our Lady Peace? Uh, you know what? Yes and no, I think because... I don't know, that's a good point. Um, I'm going to say yes, just because they were so popular during the late 90s on Much Music. No, because they're both really in a sort of a decline of their careers, so they're like, oh, well, we'll just team up and we'll go on the road. Yeah. It's just, it was amazing. Like, in, in their, their, the height of their popularity, like, Matt Good would just destroy bands. Like, he really didn't like Our Lady Peace and he really didn't like, well, Nickelback, but, like, he, there was a lot of bands. Like, if he didn't like you, you heard about it. Yeah, and even he said in interviews that it was his outrageous opinions is why Mar Our Lady, not Our Lady Peace, Matthew Good never made it big in the U.S., Oh yeah, can you imagine him during uh, the George W. Bush years? Oh, he would have. Oh man, he would have gotten a lot of people pissed off. Oh, for sure. Jay or Dan? Ooh, Toolsy. Okay, Mike Botticello or Pat Muldowney? Ooh. See, this is a tough one. I um, the first place that my wife and I went to because uh, when we got married, uh, my sister-in-law came up from high river for our wedding and she stayed with us and we really didn't have the option of like saying okay we're out of here we're going to a nice tropical location so we went to pittsburgh because i'd never been there yeah i know i know but you know what it was man it, it was an if you have an opportunity to go to pittsburgh it is beautiful like i am shocked at how nice pittsburgh so huge shout out to the city of pittsburgh yeah let's give them a there you go that's insane because pittsburgh uh, really has that industrial city look and feel to it when you see it in videos or in photographs yeah but the biggest surprise there is like it, it just feels a bit like home because you know there, there's here in niagara like we have the escarpment so you, you get that in there um it's very walkable lots of water and it just really reminded me of home and you know you get all your major sports except for the national basketball association meh but uh, i I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Pat, and again, I I feel bad because I, I do like Mr. Botticello as well, but uh, just with the Pittsburgh connection, I'm gonna have to go with with Pat. Okay, now this one's gonna get real heated. Neil or Dave from Maple Syrup Shots? Oh, don't don't e don't even. <laughs> oh, uh, mm. man! Oh, you know what? I one. could choose either one of those guys. But yeah. I, I don't know if I could, to be perfectly honest. I like both of them equally. Uh, hmm. uh, see, I want to go with Dave, but then he, he, he's a Rough Rider fan, and he makes me feel bad about being a Tiger Cats fan. <laughs> I, I heard the last MSS episode. I was just like, ooh, that's not cool to uh, kick out him there, bud. Yeah, and again, I feel bad for Neil right now. Like, I guess he's doing better after his uh, he had his uh, surgery, so that that's good. Oh, for sure. But hmm, I'm gonna go with Dave, and the reason I'm gonna go with Dave is because he brews his own beer. Actually, nice. I will agree with that. I've tried his beer; not too bad. There so, you go. The final question, and the one that everybody has wanted to know, Adam: Can you get mono from riding the monorail? Yes or no? Oh, absolutely. 
No, that, <laughs> that was no, buddy. You can't get mono for riding the monorail. Hey, don't ask how Goofy got it. I Yikes. called the big one, Bitey. I heard that Daisy got gonorrhea from a tractor. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Adam, Matt, it's been efforts. so great talking to you. Uh, before I let you go for the evening, where can the people here on the Third Line Plan Sidescast find you and your podcast? Uh, the podcast, you can reach us out on Twitter at the moment. It's at 3Ghosts4Ghosts. And we're going to let give you some more information as we come along. Uh, to be honest, right now, um, part of the reason why the little guy was down here is uh, any parent can attest uh, to the toddler years. Uh, one of the hardest things you have to deal with is potty training, and we're deep into that now. So it sucks. So that's part of the reason why we're a little bit behind schedule. Other than that, I, I think we should be able to see about getting one done this weekend. Okay. Having said that, no promises, unfortunately, but it's been amazing. Like you have been phenomenal with getting on board with the podcast, even though nobody really knows what it is. Um, but it's a thing that it's going to be everything to everyone. Uh, we're going to have special people from the area that are going to be contributing to it. And really it's going to be everything. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to think about stuff, but Really, at the end of the day, uh, just like anybody listens to any podcast, we just appreciate anyone's time and, and looking and seeing what we're all about. So having said that, hopefully we can get going and have a decent, consistent basis. We're kind of aiming for every other week at the moment just to it, it's something that's doable uh, for us at the moment. And hopefully everyone will enjoy listening to our podcast and what's going on in Niagara. Awesome. Where can the people find your podcast once you guys get it going? Uh, I already have everything set up to go uh, with SoundCloud, and I'm going to have to talk to Neil. Of course, he's not going to talk to me now that I've picked Dave, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get it on iTunes and we'll get it up on uh, Google as well, because uh, as uh, a lot of people know, I'm pretty cheap, so I have an Android phone. Hey, that's not too bad, man. After this episode, I'm going to be recording this week's third line plug on an iPhone. So I can't really blame you on that. Yeah. I don't know. Android makes good enough phones. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my friend just got uh, the first uh, S nine and well, and I'll tell you that thing is mint. Like it is amazing until it blows up in his pocket. Oh, absolutely. They, they solved that. <laughs> um, Taylor, do you know why I decided to go on the name of the podcast? I don't, I do recall that you sent me a, it's sort of a sketch of what your guys' logo would be, though. Yeah. Well, the reason that we went with this is, in the early days of the American version of the Jay and Dan podcast, uh, they'd always bug toolsy with stuff, and one of the things that they did was a, you had to guess if the band was an actual band or if it was a fake band. So, because Dan doesn't like hipsters and Coachella happens in California, they had uh, one of the suggestions was the band name was Three Ghosts, no wait, Four Ghosts. And Jay's like, man, that would actually be a really cool name for a band. And it would, but I kind of said, you know what, let's, let's look at this for a podcast. So, we did a little bit of thinking about it, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. 
That is great to hear, man. Yeah. So, Adam, man, I got to thank you so much for coming on to the Third Line Plug Sensecast, and hopefully we can get you back on soon enough. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's pleasure's all ours, man. Yep, have a good You too. All right. Cheers, bud. Hey, bud. Okay, Tim, now that we have gotten our chance to talk to Adam, let's head into the close. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to this special edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoy it because, believe me, Tim and I and Adam loved recording it for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. Because our bod Dave made the mention, you can find us on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter, at thirdlineplug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m901honeybadger, and I am at greatwhitegipster, g-r-a-w-y-t-e, Kipster. If you want to shoot us an email to discuss our interview with Adam Young, you can shoot us an email thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com Until next week, guys, this has been your host, Taylor Gibson. This has been Tim Jensen. Go Sens, guys. My time here is up. They're going home.